0: And that's a lot of moving parts when we think about (laughs) the decision-making aspect. So if we can't even pinpoint what the goals are for all family businesses, we can't say there's a set decision-making process.
1: Thanks for tuning in and today we are super excited. We have Sarah E. Davis, PhD. She is a researcher at um, Kennesaw State University and their Family Enterprise Center. So thank you so much for being with us today, Sarah. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here.
2: Jen and I met Sarah at, through our uh, NAV Mentor Program, which is the North Atlanta Ventures Program with the Cherokee County, Georgia Economic Development Board. Um, we met, you know, as Actually, Sarah is a mentor on some of the groups we, where we mentor businesses that are up and coming, trying to get started. And um, so that's where Sarah met. And talking with her, we found out, wow, she's doing some really cool research with Kennesaw State on how families, family-owned businesses work and how, how the families interact with each other and the effect of the business and the family together. Um, Sarah, what have you been working on and what brought you to Kennesaw State with, the, with this program?
0: Well, um, I think it's a good tie in with the, with the mentoring and the volunteering that we're doing. Volunteering's always been really important in my life. And that's how I first got started in family businesses. As a family business researcher, a lot of people ask, Oh, did you grow up in a family business? And I didn't. Um, One of the few that did not in our field. And instead, um, I worked closely with a lot of local businesses and found that the way that they were approaching things was a little different than what I had learned in my MBA. And I thought, this is so strange that these smart, educated entrepreneurs are making decisions that don't seem to align with what what research tells us we should do and what we learn in our MBA classes. And so I went back to school and sought to figure out what exactly is going on. And that has led me to where I am now. And I study how the family influence affects goal setting and decision making in family firms, because that's actually what I was watching. Um, Many of the businesses I was volunteering with were family firms and they were... Um, faced with multiple goals. you know, Making a profit's important, it keeps the business going, but that's not the only thing that was driving their decision-making. And so when I was watching these decisions being made, it was the family that was influencing these goals that ultimately impacted the decisions.
1: So tell us about the goals. How do the goals for a family differ from traditional businesses?
0: So often when we think of a business, we think that the main goal is growth. We want growth. We want profit. There's um, this money orientation. But when we think about family firms, there's all of these other factors at play. So perhaps you want employment for your family members. Perhaps you want to grow the business to the level that it can be passed on to the next generation. Perhaps, I think I saw in one of your all's past episodes, you want to have a nice work-life balance, and that's what matters to you. And so there's all these different goals that could be impacting the decisions that are being made. And so when you balance the goal of having your family involved with growth or the goal of work-life balance with growth, you're still going to see the business maintain profitability and move in the expected direction, but these other goals are going to change what the focus of the business on. And it's not necessarily good or bad, it just is the way it is. And I think when we when we think about family businesses, if we approach them understanding that there are more than just profit-oriented goals, we can understand why they behave and why they make the decisions that they do.
1: That's really interesting.
2: Yeah, I could actually say that now too. We, we've kind of reached a point with our trucking company where you know, we 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 want to get it we want to get it stable as we come out of the pandemic and get, transition back into the new market. But also, we kind of like the way it is now. We don't have to we're we're here and we don't have to travel to different locations and we have a lot of good people know, in place. Yeah, you know, we've got and... people in place. But if we start growing a lot, where some people would say we should go that's going to disrupt the, what we've got kind of our routine and what we've kind of, what we want to do right now. And so, um, you Sorry. know, that's, that's factored in a lot to the decisions along with some other economic things. But right now that's kind of a, you know, our thinking is, man, we've grown it and yeah. And then let's get it, let's just let it run steady state for a while and see what we want to do see what, you know, cause we've got other things, our son's doing things and different sports. And I'm sure that plays in, a lot into what other families think about as well.
1: Sometimes I say my ducks may not always be in a row, but they're in the same pond. So, <laughs> you know, keeping things in Georgia and focusing on our area, um, I think it's helpful sometimes too, because we've, we've looked at, do we grow outside of Atlanta? Do we grow outside of Georgia? And for us, we're just, we want to stay local. That's kind of mm-hmm. our bread and butter. We know this market. We know the drivers in this market. And if you expand outside of Atlanta, you have to get a whole management team set up there. You know, you have to do recruiting there. So it's nice to just kind of be focused sometimes and helps us focus on our family. And, you know, one of us is not traveling, you know, to the other facilities. So that I think goes part of the the family culture and balance that we have.
0: That community involvement is very common in family businesses. You want to stay local um, to the community. And we've even seen some businesses that they will continue operating on razor thin margins just to ensure that those in the community don't lose their jobs by closing the door or by selling. And so what you're experiencing is very common in family businesses and something that I often advise family firms on is when you are looking to make these decisions and to assess, you know, what's right for me and my business. And you may seek outside consulting, which I definitely recommend getting an external opinion is always a good idea, but make sure that they are a family firm consultant because just yeah, just as you were saying that the goals are different. You don't want to grow to the point that you have to bring in another team. And it's important that your consultant understands where your priorities lie, so they can help you make those, those decisions that are right for your business.
1: Yeah, that's really cool. It kind of goes into another question. What are the notable differences in decision-making processes and goal-setting approaches between family firms
0: and non-family firms? So we've, we've touched a little bit on the big difference between goal setting. It's not just um, business-focused goals that we're, we're looking at, but there's also these family goals. And so those family goals may look like having enough saved up to send your son to college. It may be setting up the business in a way that your son wants to join. So those are options for uh, the goal setting. We have this balance between the family and the non-family or the business-focused goals. Um, And then the family influences those goals based on the individual family. So what your family may want versus what my family may want could be different. And that's a lot of moving parts when we think about (laughs) the decision-making aspect. So if we can't even pinpoint what the goals are for all family businesses, we can't say there's a set decision-making process but we can say there are types of goals and those types of goals will influence the decision making. And we can say there's different types of families and those types of families may influence the goals that matter. So if you have a family that's very involved in the business, they're going to view the business different than if you have a family that merely owns but doesn't manage the business. So there's a lot of, of nuance in the family influencing these aspects.
1: It's kind of like your family side where they have the truck stop and they own it, but then they <laughs> yeah. have a management company. Now, yeah, that's yeah. a whole nother story, yeah. but um, it goes into, you know, three sisters who own something together, but they're not managing. They actually inherited them. it, too. Yeah, so. they inherited it.
2: Hey, so Sarah, one thing that just popped in my head now, I was talking about this. So how do you align the goals of a family that's bringing in their their young children or their younger children they're now ready to take over the business. They wanna be in the business, but now you've got conflicting goals between the older generation and the younger generation. What are some things that you tell families about that process and how you help them manage the conflict that may arise?
0: So that's a great question. And you're kind of hitting on the heart of family business research, family business issues, and that's the succession process. And so oftentimes we think of succession as merely Passing the business from one generation to the next. Like it happens in a day, there's cake served, it's a little ceremony, and we move on. But in reality, it's a process that lasts for years. And so it often starts with training the next generation. And that could be even what you all are doing now. Even though your son's very young, he hears you all talking about the business and he sees mom and dad working in the business and he's developing that tacit knowledge yeah. for what to Trust do. Trust me, in he,
2: these he provides a lot of input sometimes. He a lot, he that, and he, like, get, hey, he gets—he
0: has so, really but... good ideas. He
1: really does. <laughs> yeah. We were—I was talking about something, and—and
0: and that's incredible that you all are already taking his ideas at at his age because he's still very young. Um, so you start at a young age and you build that trust. You all are respecting him by listening to his ideas and he feels comfortable speaking up. That's an incredible situation to be in. But that will continue and perhaps he'll come work in the the business as a summer job while he's in college or maybe you'll send him out to work in a competitor's business or in a fully different industry so he gains those skills so that when he does join the business, he has the respect of the other management like the rest of the management team because he has his own experiences, not just working in mommy and daddy's business. So all of that is leading into this succession process. And then one day you all will be working together. And the idea being that you're on your way out heading towards retirement and he's on his way in heading towards ownership and full control. And something that we see here is that, This was your first baby, you know, this was your business and to give it up is difficult. You don't want to let just anyone make decisions because Who knows your baby better than you do? And just as you have to let your human baby go off to college and get married, you have to to allow your business to evolve and move on to the next generation as well. And we see a lot of difficulties here. This is actually one of the biggest problems that family businesses are facing is not accepting that they need to have a succession plan. And so the succession plan isn't just what's going to happen with the business, but it also needs to include what's going to happen with the family. What does your retirement look like? I've always been told that you need to run to something, not from something. So when you're looking to retire and step down, what are you running to? Do you have a beach house? Do you have an unlimited golf pass? I don't, I don't know what that might be for you, but do you have something to fill your time and look forward to because working, you know, 10, 12 hours a day is not uncommon. And then to just stop, what how do you feel your time? And so having that plan for for the incumbent CEO to have an exit strategy is important. But then there also needs to be some sort of plan in place that explains what the dynamics will be during that transition. Who's actually in charge? So if we're not clear on who's in charge say your top management team, do they go around your son to come and talk to you too? Do they um, only talk to your son and leave you all out of decision-making? What does that look like? What's expected? And clearly communicating that, not just to the family, but also to the non-family employees is critical. Yeah, we even
2: run into that now with, uh, with our ops manager. We get some people that know that had my my phone number and they'll go around him. And I'm like, nope, you need to go back. Or they (laughs) go around (laughs)
1: both of you and come to me thinking we're not already knowing what's going (laughs) on. And they'll say stuff like, I don't know if you've talked to Kyle, but I was wondering about this. And I'm like, yeah. And I know Kyle already answered your question and he talked to (laughs) Dale (laughs) and you report to them. So, um, sometimes they think I'm, just a sweetheart and I'm gonna go with whatever they want, but I mean we're running a business and we have yeah. to know what's going on with the other teammates.
2: Okay, like well that brings me to another question we had planned is so what are some predictors for success or what are some of the habits or methods you've seen for successfully integrating the family business, whether it's just a husband and wife or succession planning, what are some of the biggest things that you've seen that lead to really good, successful family businesses long term?
0: I think this is going to apply to all businesses, but communication is critical for success. Clearly knowing both what you want, how you want to achieve it, and ensuring that everyone is on board. So what that would look like in terms of goal setting is what are your goals? We may know that the family is important, but we may not have actually verbalized what about the family is important. And if your plan for the business is to grow it to the point that you can sell it and give that money to your children, Your decisions are gonna look very different than if your plan is to grow the business so that your children can take over. So understanding what we want and then communicating that with all the key players in decision-making. So if your your top management team is non-family members, You need to communicate with them what your family values are, what you believe in, and what those goals are so that they're making decisions that align with everything that you're wanting. And so in the family firm, this has added the family goal aspect of it, but communication is important for any business.
2: So, Sarah, that actually highlights a theme that we've we've talked about before, and it's knowing where you want to go and working towards that. It's exactly, it's, it's along the same lines. So communicate the goals that you have for your family business, not only to your incoming family members, whether it's your spouse, your kids, but then also your management. They need to align well with what you're working on, because if they don't align with what you're working on, it's going to fall apart at some point.
0: Exactly. Sarah, can you
1: tell us some things that would be helpful for businesses on what to do versus what not to do?
0: Sure, so we've talked a good bit about um, goal setting and making it very clear what you want and communicating that. So let's look a little bit at what not to do. Um, So one thing that I feel comes up often when we're looking at family firms who are ready to pass to that next generation, bring the children into the fold, if you will, and there is conflict around that because we can't separate our roles of parent and child from colleagues in the business. And so, by not listening to the next generation, you run the risk of missing out on all sorts of opportunities. Um, just recently, there were some uh, manufacturing businesses in China. And when the parents started the business, they had, you know, poor practices in that it was rough working conditions and as the next generation is coming in to take control of these of these manufacturing firms they're actually changing the way they do business in order to be um, in order to be competitive and in order to provide better working conditions for their employees and so you may have a situation where that looks like perhaps it's not a good business practice because it's not Making sure that you make the most money—it's not gro- growth and uh, monetarily oriented. However, when you look at it, it's providing more productivity because the employees are happier. Kind of leaning back on what we learned in the Hawthorne studies, you know like 100 years ago. So when when we have attention given to our our employees, they're going to perform better. And so that next generation has taken that knowledge that they probably learned in an MBA class, and they're applying it to their business, and the business is successful from it. And so by ignoring what the next generation is seeing in industry and in society as a whole, you run the risk of, of missing market opportunities
1: that's interesting it's kind of like what's important to that generation yeah. you know they might it's kind of like the new generation with you know the environmental concerns and things like that so for those next generation business owners to them yeah. you know it's working conditions and
2: yeah and the, and the current yeah. and the current business owners or the current you know the, the current leadership the older generation they're not in tune with those things so it's it's that's a really they're, interesting. They're, they'll they'll yeah. miss out because they're focused on what was important to them. You got to know as the, as the next group of leadership and next group of customers and workers come up through the ranks. Now you got you do have to learn that, and that's that is hard. I can see that. I, I never thought really thought about that aspect till just now. That you got to know how everything's changing. To to be to be able to adapt the business. So very, And who better cool. to
0: know that than the people who grew up with the change? <laughs> I know. It's kinda like putting it. your business online. Some people are resistant. Oh, I don't I don't want to do online sales, but so many people only shop online now. So you're mm-hmm. missing out on a huge target if exactly Our dogs think they're great defenders
1: of us because every time they come they leave, you know, they don't try to get in so Um, I think online shopping is definitely the way of the future and I think that's one reason why we're happy with what we're doing working primarily with Amazon because I think you know to have somebody where you can order something at two o'clock and it's here between six and eight. I mean, it's, yeah. it's really hard to compete with that. Yeah. So, Sarah, if you could tell us some final thoughts or things that you have going on or anything with Kennesaw University that you want to share about.
0: Okay. Um, some things that I, I think would be beneficial to the listeners. If you are thinking about starting a business, whether it's with your spouse or with a family member or even as a solo. Entrepreneur, I highly recommend it. Sometimes we can get in our own way and we can think, oh, I can't do anything until I have all my ducks in a row and everything is perfect. But as you said, Jen, if your ducks are in the same pond, you're doing good. Go ahead, go out there and try it. So don't get in your own way. As far as the center goes, we have been working really hard getting ready for our mini MBA program. And this might be helpful for some of your listeners who already have a business and they're looking to bring their their children in or bring in that next generation And so what makes this program interesting is that it's a year-long program that covers all your traditional mba topics but we teach them with a family business focus and That's so instead of just talking about um, goal setting, we talk about goal setting in family firms. Instead of just talking about a simple succession, it's the years long process and what that mm. actually means. And so that has been the focus here at the center is preparing for that cohort to start in the fall. That's okay.
2: Awesome. So is that geared towards, you know, the, the next generation coming in to lead the business or a spouse coming in? or?
0: It is primarily geared towards the next generation. Um, so often we'll find that the, the children are involved in the business and they know some of the aspects of running a business, yet they might not have that business background that you're looking for. So it's an additional credential, provides them with an excellent knowledge base, and it also builds that, uh, that trust with the top management team.
2: That's okay, well, awesome. wow, that sounds like a really cool program. Um, well,
0: so, yeah, I think yeah. we're almost out of time, but thank
1: you so much. And if somebody wants to get in touch with you on LinkedIn or social media, what's the best way for them to do that?
0: LinkedIn is the best way to get in touch, and my LinkedIn profile is backslash Sarah E Davis PhD.
2: Well, very cool. Well, Sarah, thank you so much for being on the podcast with us today. A lot of great information. A lot of great research you're working on. And uh, we'll see you soon with the NAV mentor program here in Cherokee County.
1: And if you want to hear more about our content, please like and subscribe to our channel. Thank you so much.